0: Beautiful people, welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies at God is Gray XO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash goddessgray. Now, on to the episode. Before we begin, I did want to offer a few disclaimers at the request of my anonymous guest. One, asexuality is not the same as celibacy. The first is an orientation, the second is a choice. Also, many asexual people identify outside of the gender binary. The common definition is that asexual people experience little to no sexual attraction, in case you were wondering. Asexual people can experience romantic attraction and may want to have fulfilling romantic relationships with others. People can also be aromantic, meaning they don't experience romantic attraction, but people can be both aromantic and asexual or just one or the other. Hi, beautiful people. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I am talking to my friend Victoria Jackson she identifies as asexual am I getting that right or are there more yeah absolutely (laughs) okay because I know a lot of people are like you know there's like seven different terms for one person and I'm still learning all of it (laughs) it does get pretty confusing pretty quickly yeah exactly um you and I talked a long time ago now right initially That'll
1: be about six months now.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, And I wanted to share Victoria's story with you guys because she is not out to several people in her life. And I would think this is a very new concept for a lot of people of older generations. Maybe other people have felt this way and they never quite identified it as anything like maybe... Somebody had an aunt that just never got married and never had a boyfriend. And maybe we didn't know that there was a word for it or a specific, you know, identification that would go along with that. So now that we're obviously getting more enlightened in our time and learning so much more about sexuality, here we are, you know learning about these things. So I wanted to talk to an asexual person because a lot of you guys asked me to address this topic. And I know nothing about it because I've been like a horny girl since day one. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for having me. Um,
1: Because it is such like a niche sexuality, not a, a lot of people know about it. I think I might just start But the basics, just so we're all on the same page.
0: I like that. Um,
1: So from the current numbers that we have, we know uh, about one in every 100 persons is asexual. So that's 1% of the population. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but that's like the population of Canada compared to the rest of the world. So it's a fair fair number of people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so basically the definition is you're not attracted to men or women in a sexual way. Um, in saying that there are tons of different kinds of attraction, like you have um, platonic attraction, you have aesthetic attraction, you have sexual attraction, uh, the list goes on. So um, me personally, I think one of the reasons why I didn't think I was asexual or whatever the word was for it uh, was because I am aesthetically attracted to people. So I was trying to explain this to a friend the other day and I was like, Well, you know, I love books so much, and looking at a bookshelf makes me calm. I love all the decorations on it. You know, you got all these different hardcover books and paperbacks and all the different colors and stuff. They're so beautiful, and I feel the same way looking at a bookshelf or, say, a painting or a photograph as I do looking at a beautiful person, (laughs) which is a bit weird to explain, Um, but that's how I've always been so like I might stare at a person for a long time and someone be like oh he's kind of hot right and I was like but his face is just so beautiful you know I just (laughs) want to look at it you know and I would have the same kind of attraction as I would to again like a beautiful painting or something like that so um these different kinds of attractions really are confusing but once I've figured it out for myself it's been a lot easier to deal with a lot of the stuff that's come my way so um not being attracted to men or women I've always found really difficult to explain to people because I always thought you know I'm just a late bloomer and you know I grew up in a lot of the modesty culture type thing um I'm I'm Christian by the way (laughs) Uh,
0: Uh, let's let's get into some of the story like one point at a time because the first thing I was thinking about is I guess I can relate in that Now that I'm getting older, obviously, if I see, like, a 19-year-old boy that's beautiful, I'm not sexually attracted to him, but I can still look at him and be like, this is a beautifully, wonderfully made person with a very symmetrical face, and I'm identifying that as something beautiful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's what it's been like for me my whole life, and I thought at
0: some point
1: I would grow out of that, and I would start um, liking boys in a sexual way, but that's just never happened, and, like... I'm 20 now and I've never had a crush. So, you know, you I think mean, something's a little bit off there. Wow. Um, well, yeah, yeah
0: growing up in church, you, I mean, there's so much about gender roles and so much of the messages that I got were about almost like your goal in life is finding this person. that you are going to like live happily ever after with. And God has sent this one person that you're going to be with. And, So you must have, like you said, thinking you're a late bloomer, you must have had difficulty hearing that kind of message maybe. Were you ever worried that you weren't going to fit into that or were you praying for God to like give you that attraction? Yeah, um, I was never worried about like not having that attraction.
1: Hmm, How do I explain this? I guess I thought, you know, maybe I was brainwashed or whatever Um, and that's like, how I internalized it I was like okay so I am a late bloomer and I've heard so many of these messages about you know wait for marriage don't awaken love too early and that kind of thing yeah and I was like okay so I've just been kind of holding it in and not wanting to express myself but the more and like I explored this over a good year year and a half and I was like am I You know, what is going on with me? And at the end of it, I came to the conclusion that I just didn't have those feelings and that that was okay, even though that was not something that was ever really expressed in church or in my family.
0: I hope this isn't too personal, but I've heard the argument that asexual people are actually people that are just... Um, maybe they've been sexually abused or maybe something happened that was traumatizing that has caused them to not want to engage sexually with people. Mm -hmm. Is there any portion of the population of asexuals that that is their story? Well, obviously, I can't speak for the entire asexual community. Um, me, myself,
1: I've never had any of those kinds of experiences. Thankfully, I'm very blessed that way. Um, it's just been who I am how I've grown up, you know, that's just a part of me. Um, I've also heard that a lot of people say that sometimes it's caused by hormonal imbalances. And I think that is the case for some people, you know, like if you've grown up as what we call it, like Zed sexual or allosexual, so attracted to other people, if you've grown up as an allosexual person and suddenly you lose that, maybe that's a hormonal thing. I don't really know. That's mm. something you have to Same with your doctor, but for me personally, it's just how I am. So I think some cases maybe it is sexual trauma, maybe it is hormonal, but for a lot of people who identify as asexual, it's just how you are.
0: Yeah, and I think some people would be really curious to know why it's difficult to come out as asexual, Mm -hmm. or why it's even because you know, as soon as you have Christians not giving you a hard time about, you know being gay, for example, obviously, you know, that's a whole thing because there's a sexual act involved. And even Christians used to say being gay is a sin. And then they've changed their language to the act of homosexuality is a sin. So in that way, you would think you would be free from having any sort of like demonization from the church because you're not acting on any sexuality, but they still give you issues. Yes. Oh yeah, of course. So that's why I haven't
1: come out like I haven't come out to anyone at church or and I've come out to my parents and that was really difficult and I haven't come out to any of my extended family.
0: You have come out to your parents?
1: I have since I last talked to you. Yes. Yeah, and that didn't go very, very well.
0: <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't tell me that. It didn't it yeah. didn't go well?
1: No. And um so yeah, a lot of the reason why it didn't go very well um is because I say I'm asexual that means I am acknowledging that there are other types of sexualities and if I'm saying I'm asexual and I'm happy with myself and I'm content with myself and who I do or do not love then that kind of validates the rest of the queer community and like I would identify as queer just because queer is kind of an umbrella term and um like it's a catch-all yeah so I would be quite happy to say that I'm queer, but I think for my parents who've grown up in a different time when the word queer was not okay to associate with, you know, and saying, okay, I'm in the same category as someone who's gay or lesbian or bi, that was really upsetting for them. And it well, would be for my grandparents and
0: things like that as well. Well, Okay. And that's really interesting. So their main concern is just that you are thereby acknowledging the existence of these other options with sexuality and more so than them being worried that you're not going to have a partner or? That's also a concern. Like a big thing that my mom was saying is, I don't want you
1: identifying as asexual because then no one want to date you, no one want to marry you and you're not going to have kids. So that was a big thing for her. But like, if I'm
0: not interested in
1: guys, you know, that would be kind of, That's a difficult
0: life for me to live. Yeah. Have you ever desired um, having children? No. And I
1: know some asexual people do. um, But I personally, I have a lot of other mental health issues that I deal with. And I think it would be way too difficult for me to take care of someone else as well as take care of myself. So, Plus, kids are so loud.
0: <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's adoption and there's plenty of other options. I could see an asexual person being a fine parent. Obviously, mm-hmm. sex isn't the only path towards having a child. So, was it was it emotional when you came out? Did they did they chastise you? Did they make you feel ashamed? Did you how did it actually go down? Well, what happened was
1: my mom and I were carpooling into work and we both work about half an hour away from our town. And I had a conversation with her a couple of days ago and she was saying, you know, like, if you do want to have a boyfriend and you do want to have sex with him, then that's fine. Just come talk to me. I don't want you going behind my back or anything. Um, And, you know, we'll look into birth control for you and stuff. And I was like, that's really mature of her because she was raised in a don't, have sex until you're married, kind of thing. And I was like, wow, you know, that's really progressive of her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I think, I think I'm think i just going to bite the bullet, do it, because I had been in the closet for about a year at this point, And, you know, the, the questions come up like, why don't you have a boyfriend yet? You're 20. Like, okay, I probably need to have this conversation now. Yeah. And um, so I told her in the car. And and chose the wrong moment and (laughs) she actually had a panic attack (laughs) no yeah and like she didn't speak to me for like 12 hours after that i i was late for work and i went to work she went home and she took a couple sleeping pills and went to sleep all day long And yeah it was not good i was crying all day at work and like not the response i was expecting so at work of course i'm going okay if things go really badly and I get kicked out, how am I going to do this? Cause you know, I'm studying full time and I don't have a proper job and all these things. Um, So we got home and there was a very long argument about, and like, it wasn't even just about my sexuality. It's about everything else I've done wrong in life. Um, And it was, that's a night I don't really like to remember. (laughs) It was really hard. Um, and, you know, she kind of was a veiled threat to kick me out kind of thing. And then, um, are you even a Christian anymore? And, you know, what's going on with you? Was it,
0: have you have been
1: raped or something? You know, it was like all these things. And she was also upset because I've told a couple of more, my more progressive friends before I told her. And that's because, you know, it's, it's a scary thing to come out. Let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, Yeah, and so she was upset about that, and it just did not go very well.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, but are you, do you feel um, a weight has been lifted by speaking that truth?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we have had a couple more conversations since then, Um, and it's been better than that first conversation. And I also told my dad, and he was like, You're being dramatic. What are you doing? I was like that when I was your age, and we don't have didn't have all these words. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he's a bit conservative in that matter, but um, at least he was kind of calm. Um, and so we're kind of at the point where we've almost agreed to disagree. Um, you know, they still think I'm never gonna get married, I'm never gonna have kids, and they're not gonna get grandkids, and I'm gonna ruin my life, and all this fun. thing. But um and like I do understand that it must be really hard for them to because this is so new for them and you know and they really don't agree with people who are LGBTQ, which again they've been raised that way. I don't blame them for that. But it is a bit of a tight ropey situation at the moment, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I commend you for your bravery in that telling the truth is really important. Um, you guys will get through this. <laughs> I hope so. It has gotten better, but yeah, it's a yeah. bit of a issue. <laughs> well, to, um, and just to clarify too, this means you've never, have you ever masturbated? Anything like no. that? No. No. No
1: need to. No desire to do that
0: um because I think another interesting thing is I was researching um a a lot about like pornography and Mm -hmm. the sexual habits of like teenagers nowadays and stuff and people of a younger generation are having less sex statistically than a lot of other generations and I don't know if they're quite sure exactly why at this moment but there is kind of, um, I think, a difficult distinction for a lot of people that are queer or on the spectrum of any kind because sometimes there is a trend going on or, or, or not a trend, but, like, I think there are a certain number of people identifying as asexual because they simply don't want to be having sex with people for a certain reason. And I'm only asking, because uh, I'm curious... Under the umbrella of asexuality do does that community accept that as a true asexual being or well I guess and like again, I can't speak for the whole community, but for
1: me personally, I would say like if you feel like asexuality is a good fit for you at this point, then you know who am I to tell you otherwise? Um, I do think it's important to really think about. Any label that you use and how you go about saying that to other people, kind of thing, um, yeah. but like if you want to identify as asexual, who am I to stop
0: you? Yeah, well, that's a very kind way to look at it. I feel like um and this is all so brand new to me i like when I was growing yeah. up, even now, even men that are my age don't believe that a man can be bisexual, like really yeah they're just like that's not that's not possible (laughs) or I don't even know why I'm saying men I know girls as well that are like well no if a guy can have sex with a guy he's gay I'm just like like, (laughs) I don't know have you been listening to all these teenagers talking because they're talking about some crazy stuff that I've never heard of before and I'm trying to (laughs) learn and there is so much like you know I'm from Philly and we just like you know usually speak whatever we're thinking and stuff and it is kind of hard to sometimes check myself and be like oh I need to make sure I'm being vigilant and using the right words and being as respectful as possible but it's all a learning curve for all of us I think and Mm -hmm. we're all learning and growing together
1: yeah well I know as someone who's part of the queer community we really appreciate when allies allies try to learn and try to take on this new information and like I know it's hard I know it's hard um but it it's really validating and feels really, really amazing when someone who is an ally or even just is a different sexuality to you, whatever, uses the correct terminology and has you know, looked into it at a basic level just to kind of understand and make sure you're not using words that are harmful because like a lot of people who are queer have had really bad experiences with um, other straight people or um, whatever. And so, to hear someone like yourself trying to learn the right things to say, it feels really, really amazing. So thank well,
0: you. <laughs> yeah, of course. What are some of the the things that are hurtful or offensive that you've heard or that your you know people have experienced in the community that you would like to point out? <laughs> um, as an asexual, I would say like
1: just a phase. You'll grow out of it. You know, you're just being dramatic. It's just uh, you're jumping on a trendy bandwagon. I heard that one from my mom. Um, so, does that mean you're a plant? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not a plant. <laughs> um, I don't reproduce via asexual reproduction, if anyone's wondering. Yep, not a plant. Um, <laughs> um, and I get a lot of, like, oh, what even is that? That's not a real thing, you know? Um, and then I get, like, quite... Mm, I've heard a lot of people get quite invasive questions about their sex life and things like that, which, you know, if you're just a person who doesn't know the other person very
0: well and you're just asking about their sex life, like in what world is that? Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, that's my but, problem now Cause I'm talking to everyone about their sex lives now and I'm finding myself like, <laughs> I'll be at a party asking the most invasive questions and I'm like, Oh, this is probably not good. <laughs> Nah, that's, I'll, I'll give you a
1: pass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, for some reason, once you say that you're, like, a, a different sexual orientation, it, for some reason, gives anyone um, the permission to ask any question they want, which is a bit strange. Um, yeah. But, yeah, General like sex that. General like,
0: is what you're asking for.
1: Yeah, and, you know, like, I'm not broken. There's nothing wrong with me. And,
0: um, you know, just... Be a kind human. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's important what you just said. I'm I'm not broken. There's nothing wrong with me. And yeah, because I think that any anyone that's asexual that's listening that wants to feel validated or is looking for another voice from that community, that would be important to hear because I hope I haven't offended you at all by asking, but Uh you know, people do have those questions like were were you not just molested and therefore you are this way and and even if you were that would not make you broken or that would not make you a flawed person Yeah, just be a kind person and on the subject of
1: asexuals not feeling balanced if anyone is listening you're fine you're not broken you're totally fine you are the way god has made you and you're so special and important in your own way and don't ever let anyone tell you any differently.
0: I love that you're so confident in that because I think myself, even as a heterosexual person, you know, have felt so much sexual shame and guilt, obviously, from the church, or so much questioning about, even as a woman, am I too loud? Am I too boisterous? Because I'm supposed to be submissive, et cetera. How did you come to such confidence that, you are not broken and that God did make you this way. How did, what was your journey for that?
1: Um, I guess it's been like a very, it's been a very long journey my whole life. So, um, you know, I went from these situations where, let's say I'll be, I remember once I was watching Exon with my friends and one of the guys takes his shirt off and they were like, oh, gorgeous, you know, <laughs> like it sticks back and everything. And I was like, um, yeah, I mean, I guess he's fit. Yeah. You know, like totally clueless and not understanding. And then, you know, eventually internalizing these feelings that, you know, I'm, I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. Why don't I feel the same way as my friends or the other girls in my grade or whatever? Like when people ask me who my celebrity crushes, I say Tom Holland because he plays Spider-Man and Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. So, um, you know, trying to hide this. And then, I went through this really dark time with a lot of mental health issues and I found another asexual friend who is absolutely amazing and we talked about it a lot and I kind of came out of this dark place feeling more uh, confident in who I am and I did a lot of research in this time and I, i watch your channel a lot it was fabulous I loved your channel (laughs) and um yeah and like did a lot of reading and a lot of I went to therapy and things like that and eventually I had to come to the decision that you know this is who I am this is how God made me to be and again I want to reiterate that this was a very long time of self-reflection and it took a long time to get to this point but if this is the way I am and i have not changing what's the point in hiding and what's the point in being afraid and ashamed, you know? Mm. like, And, yeah, it did take a long time, but eventually, and a lot of prayer, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, eventually I did get to the point where I was like, you know, this is who I am. If you don't like it, then either move on or we have a problem kind of thing.
0: I love that. I'm so happy to hear you pressed in and had that journey. I think that's so important to not... Because you can spend your whole life wavering back and forth. Am I a bad person? Does God hate me? You know, I think you can believe he loves you or you can know that he loves you. And you sound like you reached the point of knowing. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that
1: really helped me was, it's actually from one of your videos, you're talking about the difference between shame and conviction. And I did a lot of soul searching after that video. I don't remember which one it was specifically, but... I've always kind of looked inwards to where I always felt that God presence, and I've never ever felt conviction. It's mm-hmm. only, and like, I know what conviction feels like. You know, you feel it immediately as soon as you do something wrong. Yeah. Like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I know, God. I know. <laughs> um, I've only ever felt shame from other people telling me, you know, there's something wrong if you're queer. So yeah. that was helpful to me as well
0: oh, I love that that's that's such a revelation that God gave me I don't even know how long ago but my journey as well has been like 16 years so I appreciate you saying this didn't happen overnight because I want yeah. everyone to be encouraged that it is a process you don't just wake up one day feeling great it's a journey and it really is yeah I really felt like God was teaching me that shame is external any voice that you have heard or have learned about that is from outside of you, that's made you feel bad. And when you're just like crawling on your hands and knees and apologizing and sorry, and please change me. And that is shame. Whereas conviction yeah. is like, it's like a gentle, but firm voice and it comes yeah. from the inside. You feel it. You're like, oh, oops. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry God. Like, yeah. And then, by the way, you had warning leading up to whatever the thing is that you did. Yes, and that was the other thing, yeah. Whereas shame is like you've been trying to avoid some normal part of yourself. Like you're a girl that is boisterous and you feel ashamed because you're too loud in church and the men are telling you to quiet down. Like that's not conviction. That's shame. Absolutely, yeah. And I think a lot of people get, confused between the two and
1: I certainly did at one point, but once I figured that out, it was really like a weight had lifted off my shoulders. So thank you, Brenda. <laughs>
0: oh, I love that. Thank you, God. Because that's one thing that I really felt specifically came from him. And I was really hoping that would have an effect on people because I know it did for me. Yeah. yeah. Um to move on to maybe more fun, I feel like you must still have confidence and faith that you have a hope and a future that you could have a partner because you were telling me in our first conversation that you still are obviously a human being and you desire community and someone we all want to be understood and loved. So just because you're asexual, that doesn't mean that desire is not existent correct? Absolutely. I mean...
1: For right now, my friends are my friends and family are really important to me to get that sense of community. Like, I'm really lucky to have great friends from high school and great friends from the gym where I'm at, and my family's been really good to me as well for the most part. Um, but, yeah, in the future, I would like to have someone there for me, and maybe not in the sense that most people think, um, but more like – from what I understand, it's called a queer platonic, queer platonic relationship, sorry. Mm. Um, so, like, having the best of friends who's a roommate and, you know, you can rely on them, but you're not necessarily, you know, um, sleeping together and having kids and doing that normal, normal in quotation type thing. Yeah.
0: So,
1: yeah. And I do think finding someone like that would be hard. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. And I don't know with the internet and everything now, I'm sure there's communities where you could easily find each other. This must've been so hard back in the day. Although I'm thinking of so many situations where that's exactly the case. I have, um, I have a best friend and we used to date and, you know, the majority of our recent relationship isn't sexual at all, but I like, I love Mm -hmm. him and he's like a partner of mine and a best friend of mine. And so I'm like, that sounds similar to what you would want. Someone that is a soulmate, really. Because for me, yeah, yeah, a soulmate is someone that elevates you spiritually, that grows with you, that encourages the best out of you, and partnerships really can get you there. And I have confidence that if that's a desire of your heart, God will give it to you. Yeah, I have been really lucky that I have a
1: friend who is kind of filling that need right now and she's absolutely fantastic so um the only problem is she lives in the states which is a little bit annoying but whatever
0: <laughs> <laughs> <The zero laughs> um, but yeah.
1: yeah yeah so um but that's all right i mean i'm at this point in time i'm just kind of trusting god that he'll work it out and that maybe nothing's gonna happen today but sometime in the future and that's not my word right now
0: yeah is there a is still a desire to be like physically affectionate?
1: Yeah. I'm a very huggy person.
0: <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, everything. yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: As long as I feel safe with that person, um, I am quite happy to throw hugs everywhere uh, and that kind of thing, which I think confuses a lot of people, especially guys, because, um, Like, and I've had to say to a couple guys, you know, I'm actually not looking for a relationship because a lot of the, a lot of the social interaction things just go completely over my head. So flirting is like another language to me. I just do not understand it.
0: Interesting to me too. Because I'm thinking like when I first started like coming, when I was having a sexual journey or whatever for the first time after my divorce, I remember being most fascinated by like the art of seduction. Like I thought it was so fascinating to walk into a place and kind of clock who is sexually attracted to me, who is desiring me and the way they're interacting with me to show their desire, how they touch you. And like, it's funny to realize that, you know, all of those cues would be, just wouldn't resonate with you. wouldn't mean anything to you, I imagine. Yeah,
1: it goes completely over my head. Like I had, there was one guy who was kind of getting like, getting kind of stalkerish, you know, it was like getting there and I had no idea until someone pointed it out and I was like, oh, I had like no idea. So yeah, I have had to tell a couple guys, like, I'm sorry if I put out the wrong, like mixed messages or whatever, Um, but this is, you know, like I'm asexual, I just don't always get these types of things. So it's been really helpful for me to actually have that label to be able to say, look, it's not you, it's me. And I'll back off from the hugs or whatever, if that's confusing you, because that like doesn't, it doesn't compute for me.
0: Well, I think that, you know, the most you can offer is communication. That's beautiful. Like, I don't think you have anything to apologize for about a mixed signal, as long as you are verbalizing and explaining. I mean, and you don't, it doesn't even sound like you owe them that. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm not interested, whatever. It's yeah. <laughs> like the worst thing in the world. But I think it's really lovely that you're so, um, you're kind enough to just let people know what's happening. And I'm sure you would agree, you don't have to actually announce that you're asexual. You can just say, no. I'm not looking for a relationship of that nature, or whatever. Um, when did you first learn the term asexual?
1: Um, hmm must have been like a year and a half to two years ago. And I was scrolling through Tumblr and there was this thing that came up and it was like, oh no, I remember what it was. It was, um, I should have known I was asexual when I realized that the rest of the world wasn't joking about wanting to have sex. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Wait a second. (laughs) Because like up until then, I had honestly thought that, wanting to have sex all the time and you know sex sells and all the stuff with the advertising and the media and stuff i thought it was kind of a bit of a joke like <laughs> like i honestly had no idea that people were serious and so i kind of st- like it sounds ridiculous but like it totally went over my head
0: um no and it kind not, of- by the way because it's sweet it's not it's not ridiculous <laughs> thank you I mean because even me as someone that's not like I don't desire like sex selling and everything I think is a joke like girls in bikinis selling Pepsi makes me laugh because I'm like god that's so stupid (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know yeah
1: but like so I had that thought and then I extended it I had somehow extended that to like pretty much anything to do with sex and I thought people were like exaggerating joking because i don't know it was some joke i didn't get and um like i've never been great in different social situations so i've always thought okay this is just a joke i don't get whatever moving on um but turns out it's not all a joke
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah that kind of stopped me in my tracks so i was like okay i should probably look into this a little bit and so you know i started digging in the marsh started digging in the internet and things like that, I was like, okay, this explains a lot. <laughs> gotcha.
0: That's that's awesome. And you were just like Googled it or what?
1: Yeah, I spent a lot of time on YouTube, on Tumblr, on Google, just reading and reading all everything I could possibly read about it. And uh, yeah, at the end of it I was like, yeah, this this fits me pretty well.
0: Gotcha. I think the last thing I'd want to ask is what sort of advice you might have for anyone that is feeling this way. I know you already said that God loves you and you're not broken, and I think that's incredibly important. But for anyone that's maybe in the closet or wondering if this could be them, what would you recommend they do to come into themselves? Well, I would probably say
1: take some time with yourself and just think about it. Find all the facts you possibly can. Pray a lot if you're the type of person who prays. Um, talk to some close friends that you feel won't judge you for anything you say or will be really helpful. Um, just try to gather as much information as you possibly can. And I wouldn't say, you know, find out about asexual, asexuality one day and then come out to everyone the next. You know, it takes some time, because if you do decide to come out, then there's going to be, depending on your situation, of course, there's going to be a lot of backlash from certain people, and you're going to have to explain, you're going to have to get a PowerPoint out every time you come out, let me tell you. Cause <laughs> you wanna...
0: um,
1: so if you do decide to identify as asexual, which is great, by the way, welcome to the club, we're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um then you know take your time pray about it and if at the end of that sort of deliberation period you feel like yeah this is a word that fits me and i'm comfortable using it go ahead be confident in yourself have and if you're religious or anything have the scripture and the logic and the explanations to back you up because not everyone in your life will probably be happy with you using that label Um, And just go for it. You know, like, you may not have everything figured out, but if this is how you feel you are, then that's perfectly fine. And you're fantastic to be that way. And, yeah, welcome to the club.
0: (laughs) Mm, That's beautiful. What were the scriptures that you found to back yourself up? Um, I'll just grab my
1: Bible and I'll read them out really quick. And I don't have the one off the top of my head, but I think Paul refers to the gift of singleness or something. Oh, that's true. Uh, Couldn't tell you off the top of my head what it is. But the other one I found that it was actually, again, a comment on your channel that I found this through, which is great.
0: Makes me so happy.
1: (laughs) Your community has been so great for me, let me tell you. Um, so it's Matthew 19, and it's just to give you some context here. It's Jesus talking about divorce. <laughs> is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? And then Jesus says, you know, basically, you shouldn't be, but we recognize that you guys are broken, so we've got, given you divorce. And then down a little bit, the disciples said to him, this is Matthew 19:10." Um, this is a situation between a husband and a wife. It is better not to marry. Jesus replied, Not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For some are eunuchs because they're born that way. Others are made that way by men. And others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept this. So I've taken that to be, you know, if you were a eunuch in those times or you've had something medical happen or whatever and you can't reproduce, that's fine. If you're born that way, and I've taken that to mean asexuality because if you're not interested in the opposite gender or any gender, really, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that totally fits the definition of a eunuch. Or if you were, if you decide to be that way for the king of heaven, so like a nun or a priest or something who decides not to get married. Yeah. So that's been really nice for me to know that Jesus recognizes that there are other types of people out there who don't fit that definition. And it's really a false dichotomy. You don't, have to choose you know to this is your only option you know
0: yeah really helpful I love that because I've read that verse a million times and that that portion has never stood out yeah because it wasn't for me I guess but that Mm -hmm. I mean that's a tough one to argue with yeah (laughs) really helpful to me definitely well, thank you so much for talking to me, Victoria. This has been amazing, and I hope any of you guys that listened um, either gained some knowledge and insight about her perspective or feel comforted in your own skin. I hope you all feel incredibly loved by God, no matter who you are, no matter how you were made, and that's it. We love you guys. All right. Thank you so much, Brenda.